Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hey guys, welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. What are we talking about today, Sherelle? This is our third Q&A. Oh yeah, we absolutely love when you guys send in questions and we say it every time because we want you to encourage you to keep doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess we started up the Instagram account and everything because we love it when you send through the questions to the Level Up page. Yeah. Um, they don't get lost in there and then we can definitely answer them when they do pop up. So thank you again, guys, for sending them in and we just wanted to fire off a few. Yeah, let's do it. We'll go straight into it. Who's on the name duty today? This is the hardest part, reading the name. Oh, I'm going first because it's an easy one. Oh. <laughs> Mally 4, what are your thoughts on bloating? Is it okay or not? Massive question. And we get asked about this a lot, really. We notice so many common themes with the questions uh, and bloating always pops up. There's a lot that comes into it because there's a lot of reasons why we can feel bloated. Mm. Do you ever feel bloated? All the time. I'm bloody bloated now. <laughs> well, I guess it is it is complex because our digestive system is so complex. Yeah. And so it's really hard. Like, it's a tough one to answer because, you know, what is bloating to one might not be to another. Like, what makes us feel bloated? Um, there's so many elements. Yeah. Um, and it can come down to, like, you know, food intolerances, stress, multiple different things. But I really wanted to start off by, I guess, sharing maybe up own experiences with bloating or GI distress for sure so in the past I've had like lots of different food intolerances and allergens and issues with my digestion that I've worked through but the main thing that really helped me was reducing stress okay yeah so I found like there was different periods of time when I was intolerant to like broccoli and onion Mm. and dairy and gluten and all these things that I was having like a response to that was what's the word like Made made ten times worse by stress. Yeah. So, for example, I know that when I work night duty, I definitely avoid a lot of those um, common intolerant intolerant foods mm-hmm. um, because they seem to impact my body uh, a lot more when it's under physical stress. How did you figure that out? Just by elimination. So that was the main thing. Is like I did the food, uh, the FODMAP, sorry, diet oh, a while did you, ago. Did you hire a professional? Like no, I just did it all myself. I just okay. like did my research and removed the foods that were in those FODMAP families, um, which are the common allergens, and then reintroduced one at a time and found the foods that were the triggers. One being yep. onion, uh, broccoli, and dairy are my main ones so do you avoid those now or do you just on night duty as you said in the past I removed them completely but now I can have small amounts yep so I can there was a time like I said that I couldn't have any like broccoli was the worst for me mm. broccoli and the cabbages and those sorts of vegetables couldn't have any of them like I would just get so distended yeah it was horrible um and, and that happens to a lot of people it's the way it's like digested in the yeah. gut and then causes excess gas and all of that yeah uh, yeah so you're not alone with that one no so I just found by removing it completely for a period of time and then reintroducing it really slowly in um smaller amounts so mm. I think I mentioned on my story or a post recently that large amounts of dairy like I'm not intolerant to lactose but large amounts make me feel like a bit yuck in the stomach so yep. I just find um, having small amounts of those foods that I don't digest very well reduces my bloating yeah for sure and for those who get a little bit overwhelmed you don't have to do the research yourself mm. you can seek a nutritionist to take you through the FODMAP 
um, protocol as well. Mm. So that's really cool that uh, you shared that. Mm. What about you? Have you had any bloating issues? Yeah, I remember when my carbs got raised, um, so I got to eat more, I would fill it with veggies because I Mm. freaking love vegetables. But then I ate too many vegetables mm. to the point where my fiber was nearly 60 a day. Yeah, wow. Um, and then I'm like, why am I so bloated? Mm. Nom, 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 veggies. It's good for you. But I'm like, it's actually the veggies, mm. the broccolis, the cabbages, yep. that that mixed um, bag at Coles or Woolies that you get with all the cabbage and all that. Yeah. I used to just smash them. Yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, so I lowered my fiber a little bit and then swapped in for some more uh, carbs that get digested more easily. So your rice, sweet potato, breads and all that. And then sort of came good. Mm. But stress was another one. So I was notorious and still am sometimes for eating on the go. But when I'm not concentrating, I'm not chewing properly and you're just shoveling it in. Mm. So by, and we've spoken about this before, by slowing down and actually chewing your food, it's less work for your body to do to break it down and then you'll be less bloated. Yeah. Well, then it comes down to like, like we've always said, stress is stress, whether it's physical, uh, such as exercise, that's a stressor. A calorie deficit, eating less than your body needs, that's a stressor. Night duty, shift work, mental fatigue. It all stresses. Yeah. So it all inhibits um, digestion. So when we're exercising, for example, a lot of people come home, smash a post-workout meal and stuff like that and then have digestive issues because blood flow is actually redirected from your GI tract to your working muscles. Yeah. Um, so there's lots of different strategies that you can do for bloating. One of my favorite and most simple things that you could do is peppermint tea. Okay. Mm. So peppermint um, helps to release gas mm. and then obviously the warm water and everything like that. There is a bit of method behind the the warm lemon water. It's not the lemon, it's just the warmth um, in your digestion. So often a lot of Chinese medicine um, yeah. guys will talk about not drinking cold water, yeah. um, drinking warm water because our um, digestive tract needs to warm up the fluid before it digests it. Yep. So that can be a good strategy is just like, yeah, peppermint teas and, and warm fluids as well to help your digestive system. Yeah. Um, light exercise, so walking to get the digestive system moving. Definitely. Rather than intense, vigorous exercise, which we just spoke about as being a, um, a big stressor. Uh, like Danny said, being mindful when you're eating. So mm. breathing, mm. chewing your food. Yeah, because that makes it warm too, because mm. you're supposed to have warm food as well. And yeah. I used to always eat my food frozen just because I could. Yeah. But then, yeah, my uh, Chinese medicine practitioner was like, no, you actually have to chew it and make sure it's warm Yeah. as yeah. well. And our digestive system starts in your mouth. You know, we've got enzymes in our saliva that break down food. So it yep. all starts there where we churn it. So we have to, you know, um, almost mush it completely in our mouth to start that process. And the same with fiber, like, you know, we've got soluble and insoluble fiber. And that can be another thing to look at is like how much fiber are you eating? Because it's individualized to what you can tolerate. Yeah. And you can build it up as you go as well. Mm. But the fiber doesn't get digested Mm. at all. So that's why it causes uh, the irritation. And then the more I actually had more energy when I had less fiber because Obviously, 60 grams, that's 60 grams pretty much of carbs, give or take. We won't get into the science of that. But that my body wasn't using. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I was shooting myself in the foot. Mm. Um, Another one that I learned about the other week was having vitamins on an empty stomach. Oh, it's horrible. I felt sick. It was the first time ever I had armor force, which I love. Yep. Eat, have armor force because it's amazing, (laughs) but have it with food. I was paralyzed. Yep. 
It I've was done scary. that so many times. Have and you? Fish oil. I'm fish so oil. So when I started taking my multi and fish oil, oh, so funny. Every morning, right? It took me ages to figure oh. out. I'd pop it like my tablet, and it's like it's not instant. It's like half an hour. Yeah. Sort of. And then, you know, I'd probably have a coffee and then all of a sudden this big wave of nausea yeah. and I'm like, Luke, I'm going to throw up. I don't know what it is. And I was like, am I pregnant? Oh, <laughs> oh he was going to throw up too. Yeah. Then. <laughs> He's like, oh no. But I'm like, what is it? And then all of a sudden one day, I was like, it's the bloody multi. I'm not oh. digesting it. Like my stomach's like, what's going on? And yep. then, so then I eat breakfast and then have it and you're like, oh. And then every now and then I'll forget. And I'll oh, sure and I'm like, oh. It was enough to put me off. I jumped straight on Google because I'm like, what have I done differently? Google I'm like, doctor. I know. Even though I, I tell people not to do it, but I did it. And it said, well, it told me the answer. It's like, don't have uh, vitamins on an empty stomach because of the acidity and all of that. Yeah. Uh, so I literally had to walk it off and that sped it up as yeah. well. And that's another thing is like, you know, I'm a bit sort of against probiotics and all that sort of How stuff. How come? I just, I just believe there's so many other better ways that you can eat probiotics, as in off the shelf, like, you know, the tablets and stuff like that. I just think most of the time there's so many other things, like what we've just touched on, that you probably should be exploring before oh. taking a probiotic. Um, what about someone who's on a hectic bout of um, antibiotics? antibiotics. Yeah, thank you. That's a bit different because then you're actually killing off stuff inside your gut. But in terms of bloating, you you think it's more than just taking a probiotic yes yeah absolutely i think you know probiotics put put the the good bacteria in your gut but you still need to fertilize it mm. you know you still need to you know eat whole foods and you know like we said just all the things that that we just spoke about you still yeah. need to explore those other things before you just add yeah. yeah or before you really just cut your calories and exercise excessively because yeah. that's even more of a stress as we yeah. mentioned something that i did find um useful is because i did have a lot of gut issues oh. um something i did find useful when i was going through acute phases so when i was really bloated and distended to the point i was so uncomfortable just fasting like giving my body a, a my digestive system a bit of break from food and i'm not saying For how like, long i'm not saying like a 24-hour fast but yeah. i'm just saying like while I'm in that state, skipping my next meal. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe skipping breakfast like or something like that. So then maybe I've had a 12-hour fast. And wow. then having some, like, you know, warm tea and stuff like that, priming my gut. Another good strategy is bitters. So they speak about um, bitters can sort of... Like lemon, lime and bitters? Oh, yeah, like with the vodka in there. Yeah, <laughs> beautiful. That'll do it. Is that <laughs> the stuff you mean, though? Yeah, or just bitter taste. So oh. it's, it, um, I think it activates like your, the nerve on your tongue and, and like the enzymes and the digestive. So that, I guess that's the method behind the lemon in the water. And oh, to increase salivation. Yes, mm. yeah. Um, I found that useful. But like I said, when this was all when I was going through acute sort of yeah. issues, not realizing that it was these particular foods that were setting yeah. me off. Um, but then once, you know, I... I um, learnt to sort of de-stress a bit more, chew my food properly, mm-hmm. eliminate those foods that aggravated my stomach. I haven't had any digestive issues for like oh, nearly six months. There and you go. And so common for me. Yeah, mm. that's massive. Also, different times of your cycle as well yeah. causes bloating. Yeah. Ovulation. Mm. Is that when it's sort of the most? Well, yeah, that's sometimes. when I notice it. Yeah. Ovulation. Yeah. Things like that. Medication. So. Being dehydrated, yep. like there's lots of things that can cause bloating, but it's just about figuring out 
what what's causing you to bloat. Yeah, so, make a diary of it, I reckon. Yeah. Um, the day that you feel bloated, try and recall what you did that day mm. or the time before, the day before, and see if there are any patterns. Mm. I what I get my clients to do actually is when they're logging their MyFitnessPal, if they have any digestive issues, add a note to that meal. Yeah. So like... Out, if you get digestive issues, add a note to your last meal and then at the end of the week, review your diary and be yep. like, where have I put those notes? And you might find that it's at a particular time or something like that. So one of my clients in particular on PM shifts, she has to eat her meal sort of by that 5, 6 um, at night. Yep. Otherwise, she just has digestive issues and we couldn't figure out why and it's just because she was eating dinner too late. Yep, and that's huge. Yep. If you're eating a big steak and then jumping into bed... Yep. You're going to be like trying to digest, but your body's asleep. So yeah. it's just going to be uh, counterproductive. Yeah. So that's a good idea, making little notes like mm. that. Yeah. You just got to go investigate on yourself. Yep. We're our own scientists and experiment, as we always say. Mm. That was a good one. Thanks, Mally. Yeah. We'll move on to the next one. Yep. K. Schmal. Schmal. Gratitude. Schmal. That's my German. Gratitude journaling recommendations or. How do you format your journaling? Mm. Cool. Kiki K. Freaking love their journals. If you can fork out 200 bucks for a journal. Have you got one? (laughs) Oh, yeah, they're good. Some of them, um, Typo, Kiki K. They, even some of them online now, have preempted questions for you to fill out. So it's not as overwhelming because when you open up to a blank page, it's kind of like, well, where do I start? Mm. Yeah. That's generally what um, I tell most people is to start with a guided journal if yeah. they're um, new to it because it gives you prompts. Um, they've generally got, you know, inspirational stuff in there that can they're help you. It's beautiful. And that's mm. the, one of the most important things is to open it up and feel inspired. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. you've got to be able to put like so much power and pen to paper, but you've got to yeah have the inspiration and sort of direction going into journaling, I yeah. feel. And that's when the guided stuff can be really helpful or the prompts. Another good thing is to go on Pinterest and type in like templates and stuff like that. And if oh, yeah. you stick to something consistent that you find, you know, eventually you might just be able to jump into a blank journal and put down your thoughts. Yeah, yeah. And I reckon you have to really bond with the journal. It sounds oh, a bit weird, but like beautiful. the front of it, you have to relate to it. Like, mm. because it's such a, a spiritual, emotional process that you have to be feeling it you have to be in the in the zone mm. because whatever's in our mind and and our emotions it, we're to put it on that paper so yeah you have to really be in that headspace to journal yeah I I don't do it every day now because some days I wake up and I, I can't I don't want to and I'm like well I'm not going to just write things for the sake of it mm, mm. Uh, I really need to be in a creative space whether I've gone for a walk and mm. I bring it in my little backpack yeah Dora the Explorer backpack. Yeah, find a nice spot, whether it be in nature, by the trees or the beach, coffee shop, and then write some things. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So what do you – do you have a template or what do you sort of write? Not really. I've done – like I've used a lot of guided journals before, but now I just have a blank one. And like you, I don't do it every day. I never have journaled every day. Mm. I just do it when I need to. When would you need to? No, just, I, I just feel it. Like I need yeah. to journal. I just feel like... Is it negative or positive? Positive normally. Mm. Feel some, Most of the time it's positive. There are times when I'm, I feel uh, negative yeah. and I make myself journal because that, that allows me to really 
get that onto the paper. Yeah. Um, but most of the time, where I want to journal because it's a positive feeling for me. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. But yeah, I I use a blank journal now just because I like to just write. I generally don't follow a template anymore. I mean, like. I don't sit there and go dear diary or anything like that, but I normally start with why I'm journaling. Like, okay, today, you know, this happened and then I just explore that. Or I might see a really nice quote or hear something and then I have like a process or a a real, like an ongoing thought about it. And I'll just write down the quote and then explore it. Mm. I like doing that. But it's, it's all about stepping stones. I could, couldn't have done that 12 months ago. Yeah, why? What would have happened 12 months ago? For example, if you were staring into a blank journal? I wouldn't have had the creativity to do it, the thought to do it or the clarity. Yeah. I feel like when you can practice mindfulness and be sort of more present, it allows you to sit in between the space of what's happening and reacting. Mm. So like, I feel like when you're journaling, you're very much in that. You're just exploring your thoughts. You're not sort of doing anything about them yet. You're just sort of f- figuring it out. Yeah. Um, but it comes down to like why you're journaling. Exactly. You know, like um, she's asked about gratitude journaling. So yeah, you know, it comes down to why you're journaling. I do do, or I have been doing the resilience project with Luke. So I don't know if anyone knows that but it's this six month journal and you do it every night so you put it says you know um today i'm grateful for and then you put down blah blah, blah and it's like this week i will do something good for someone you put what yep. that down is and it's just like a page that you do every day so i've been doing that with luke and that's a really easy way to get into gratitude journaling because that's yeah. what his whole resilience project is about so nice. it comes with a book so that's a really good way like we said those guided practices yeah there's definitely a difference between am journaling and pm journaling or in the mm. middle of the day so waking up if you have some weird feelings about yesterday you know how sometimes we wake up and it's as if our mind has just gone into overdrive when we're sleeping Mm. and we have all these thoughts it can be anxiety driven Mm. it can be uh, excitement anything so wake up get it out on the paper Mm. okay this is how I feel right now look at it and then you can explore okay why why Mm. do I feel this way or you don't even have to just be like I feel sad because X, Y, Z. And you might look at it and go, do I really? You're like, no, that's not actually that bad. You just get to get it out of your mind because if you guys are anything like me, I'll just keep thinking the same thoughts over and over and over again Mm. and not do anything about it. But then when you put it on a piece of paper, paper. you can take action on it It or just leave it. It makes it real. Um, Another, I guess... I have a template that I do with my clients every week. Every Sunday, I get them to do journaling questions that we go over during the week. And like the first thing that I ask them is like, what went well this week? And I think that comes down to allowing them to look at what went well instead of the negative, because sometimes it can be easy when you put pen to paper to only list the negative rather than the positive. Sometimes yeah. it's a constant effort to sort of think about the positive. So asking yourself what went well this week can be a good way to start um, any sort of gratitude sort of process. So yeah, you know, switching your mindset um, into like a growth mindset. Yeah, for sure. So gratitude can be simple or it can be detailed. Yep. It can be you're grateful that the sun's out, but really try and be like, I'm grateful for my job because I get to help people every day or yep. something like that. Yep. Uh, so gratitude's an easy way to start on getting rid of any good or bad feelings out of your mind that you've woken up with. And then just some small goals or intentions for the day. It doesn't Mm. have to be a big list. Two or three. Today I will. And then your little to-do list. 
but also the traits that you want to take on in the day. Today I will work hard. Mm. Today I'll smile at a stranger or, or be happy. Today I'll be resilient. Mm. It's not about pretending you're going to wake up and nothing bad's going to happen. It's like, okay, how will I tackle those things? Yeah. 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 Um, another thing I do like doing is writing down, like, like I said, talking about my day, but everything I've done because when it's at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so like everything you've done, because I have a horrible habit of like being like, I've done nothing today yeah, and yep. not feeling productive. And like, I'm that sort of person that I'm like, if I don't have a list and I haven't ticked it off, I haven't achieved anything. Yeah. And sometimes when you're so busy and you're sort of so driven um, to certain areas, mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to sit back and appreciate what did go well, right? So yeah. when you sit down at the end of the day and you go, you know, maybe you do go, dear diary, today yeah. I did this, this, and this, this. And sometimes I'll be like, oh, Luke, I haven't, I barely achieved anything. And then I'll do that. And he's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, I actually mm-hmm. did a lot. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. So like I said, using journaling as a positive experience is a really good way to start rather than just putting down you know, deep thoughts all the time. Make it light. Make it enjoyful. Yeah, yeah. Enjoyful. And yeah, make up words too. That's fine. <laughs> That's what journaling's about. <laughs> Isn't it? There's no <laughs> rules. And then get used to exploring those thoughts. But as Sherelle said, focus on some awesome things you did for the week and things that you can improve on. Mm. Don't be like, I was shit at this. Be like, okay, there's these are some areas that I can improve on. Mm. It's about taking action. Mm. Mm. It's a good question. Very um, good question. Moving on. Another question, loving the name, Benny and the Jets 19. So good. <laughs> How good's that one? Any tips for working out whilst on your period? Alrighty. Gal talk. Yeah. Flow sisters. Well, now that I've had it back for one month, I reckon, <laughs> well, I'm a part of the, the flow crew now. Danny's hit puberty again and went back on. I know, on. my voice is broken. No, that's boys. <laughs> um, oh, God. I reckon this is your thing. Are we going to go medical on this? Or how oh, I, I it's a big it's, topic. It is a big topic, but I reckon just some light experience would be good to share. Yeah, um, listening to your body, first of all. Oh, so you're going to mm. feel a lot more tired generally around this time. Mm. It's okay to have a rest, but still keep moving. Go for a walk. You don't have to hit PBs in this week. Mm. No. no, and I think as well, like, don't let it impact your training. Like, yes, True. it may, but don't be like, oh, I'm bleeding now. I've got to go, you know, back yeah, off. Yeah, excuses. Like, you know, your mind's very powerful and you can still train hard on your period. Like, girls still run marathons. Girls still hit PBs. Powerlifters still compete when yep. they've got their period. Yep. You know, yes, your hormones are at their lowest point. But, you know, your your mind will be stronger than your body and your body will follow it. Yeah, um, that's awesome. So don't psych yourself out. But at the same time, I guess, yes, you may feel a bit slower, um, a bit sadder, you know, not as energetic in the gym. And that's okay. Like, I had a horrendous period last month and, you know, PMS was real bad. And I just sort of was, you know, constant cramps and stuff like that. So I just took it easy. I took it more of like a deload sort of week. Um, I still trained to the best of my ability, but I didn't beat myself up over it either. Yeah, that's good. Mm. That's good. And also training at a time of the day that suits you better. You might have to change some things around. Mm. Find the time of the day where you feel the most energized yeah. uh, and where you won't kill people because you're yeah. PMSing in the gym. So exactly. Avoid time. Exactly. And like something else that I always find really helpful is like um, including magnesium prior to my period coming on. Um, 
it generally helps with my sleep and recovery and training and I just feel a lot better. Yep. Also making sure that I'm consuming enough carbohydrates around my workout to fuel me properly. Yeah. So just all the basic stuff. I unfortunately do night duty every four weeks and have my period at the same time. Oh, <laughs> that would be massive. It's a horrendous week. So, yeah. you know, I, I do take it, be like, okay, this is my chance to deload, unwind, mobility, focus yep. on form, you know, consolidate, and then know that, you know, in that next phase for the next two weeks, I can push really hard. Yeah. So know that like everything comes in waves, comes in cycles. Maybe you do turn it down for this week, but you're going to turn it up next week. Yeah, and we're going to expand on that when we do talk to Gab as well for our fertility episode and Mm. and really get into the scientific uh, way of that without making it too overwhelming, but we're really going to talk about different phases of the cycle, Mm. priming your body for this stuff as well. Uh, But we just thought we'd lightly touch on on that today. And I guess the key point is just like don't think that your, um, your training should be burdened by a period. Yeah, there's a difference between making an excuse or genuinely feeling like you need a rest. You just got to get your journal out and reflect, see how you're feeling, uh, and then make the decision from there. Mm. Cool. So on to our next one. We've got, I'm getting right up and close to the screen here, (laughs) Malinsky87. Potential cause for deep glute pain. No tingling or lower back pain or when performing the exercises. It hurts most when walking or sitting. Okay, so this person's had deep glute pain, mainly when walking or sitting, not when exercising. I would still challenge that it's not coming from the lower back. There's a lot of reasons why, because sitting down aggravates it, but also walking. I would definitely, back on what, when we spoke about in movement is medicine, focus on strengthening the core. Mm. So before going for that big walk or before sitting, definitely bust out some side planks, front mm. planks, all of that. Uh, and then the glute strengthening exercises because a lot of the time pain from the lower back, it might not actually present in the back. It can come down into the glute, hamstring and calf as well. So I wouldn't write that off. Uh, it's really about, yeah, as we always say, creating those solid foundations before we're about to do that ex- aggravating activity. Yeah. And when it comes to exercise, like that it's improving with exercise, that's generally the case. Like a lot of pain does become better when we move it. Because like we said, movement is medicine. Um, And I know that's been the case for me in the past. Like when I've had back issues and stuff like that, generally getting into the gym and training my glutes, getting them firing, um, you know, doing core stuff, it actually improves it. So yeah, it's when, you know, you're walking and you're laying on the couch and you're reverting back to those old sort of habits and not being conscious of your core and breathing and all that sort of stuff that yeah you probably do get those niggles yeah with this uh deep glute pain as well it could be a tendon issue so if you're sitting on a hard surface for a while it can cause a bit of aggravation deep in the glute from there as well Mm. but the fact that it's while walking there's a lot that's in it so Mm. i would seek uh guidance just to get a proper screen and all of that but i wouldn't rule out uh that it's coming from the lower back so as you mentioned, uh, moving is better for it. Mm. So, yeah, explore that more. And I'll just say, like, with the deep glute pain, recently when I had hamstring tendonitis, I was like, yeah, that's what there's was, a pain yeah. in my ass. Yep, so it felt like... it attaches up to <laughs> yeah. your sit bone, they yeah. say. And I was, even I was trying to roll it out and I was like, this glute's so tight because yeah. that's what it felt like. It wasn't pain. 
So it was sort of just like something, you know, like my bike seat. I've been sitting on it too long. Yeah, that's the feeling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, And it was just on the one side. But Mm. then when I sort of explored that in different ranges and being like, okay, it's worse on deep hip flexion or like why is it still like there? So, but it took me a week to realize that it wasn't a tight glute. Yeah. So, you know, don't – and – but mine, I didn't get it when I was walking. But everyone's going to be different. Everyone's different. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah. So just probably explore that a yeah. little bit further. You should go back and listen to our Movement is Medicine episode. I think you'll get a lot out of that because we do touch on, I guess, um, what to do, different health professionals, seeking yeah. help, um, headspace around injury and all that sort of stuff. And it is complex and probably do need to slide into a practitioner's office instead of DMs as well just to get some professional advice. Yeah, yeah. Or reach out to Sherelle and I and we'll uh, guide you in the right direction. Um, Lucky last. A A liar, Grace. Oh, a liar, Grace. That sounds easy. (laughs) Advice for someone who is training through chronic illness and not being limited by a label or diagnosis. Mm. So powerful. Such a powerful question. And obviously, Danny and I don't have a chronic illness, but I couldn't imagine um, what it would feel like to have something and then have people tell you that you can't do things because of it. Yeah, we uh, already spoke to this beautiful woman the other week and she elaborated a little bit that everyone told her to stop training. And we did touch on this in episode 14, Movement is Mm. Medicine as well. People often just hit the panic button as a practitioner and go, well, don't do this, Mm. don't move. But for a lifter or someone who genuinely loves getting out there, it's like, what, you're you're telling me to avoid the thing that I love the most? And then mental health suffers. We're going to be sitting down doing nothing, focusing on our label and illness more. It's a vicious cycle. And chronic is very different to acute. You know, if you're having an acute injury, it's right now, it's present, it's inflamed. It could impact your training and maybe that's the right thing to do. But when it's chronic and it's ongoing and it's an illness, yeah. it's very different. Like if, if you've got any chronic illness, um, you can still do stuff. Like, of course, you can still exercise. And like we spoke about with Hattie, fitness isn't just this one isolated thing. There's so Mm. many different ways that you can move and train your body. Yeah, so always seek guidance from your medical practitioner that you are dealing with, but always seek a second opinion as well and really focus and shift your mind on the activities that you can perform. Yeah. Because the body is so smart at adapting if we're actually sitting there doing nothing, it will adapt to that. So then it will mm. make it even harder to be active again. Mm. Yeah, and when it's anything chronic, you just got to be so intuitive and listen to your body and say like, you know what, I actually know my body so much better than that health professional. You do, you know your symptoms and everything. So if you're pushing yourself in the gym, uh, it doesn't feel right, back it off. Slow it down, seek help, seek guidance and yeah. just listen to yourself. Yeah, yeah. Rather than making dramatic changes, just really slow increases and as Cheryl just said, listen to yourself. So it all comes back to being present. And I think in this day and age, we just don't give ourselves space to be in our mind. All the questions here we touched on, the underlying thing was to really slow down Mm. in a sense, but Mm. be present and then take action. You know, the nutrition, the injuries, the the labeling of everything. We, We really owe it to ourselves to actually just be. Mm. And I'm speaking from experience because I'm always in fast forward as well. Same. But yep. it takes practice. Just rein it in, 
slow down, say, okay, what's actually going on? Yeah. And then take appropriate action. Yeah. That's something I've, I've um, recently tried to do is like when I get really overwhelmed, I sort of run the worst case scenario by myself. I'm like, okay, what is the worst case scenario if I rock up to this shift late? Like, what is the worst thing that's going to happen? It's generally not as bad as what you've led it on to be. Mm. And then it's a nice way to approach things a bit more calmly, a bit more present. Yeah. Mm. Beautiful. Mm. Yep. Awesome. Thanks again, guys, for um, chucking in your questions. Like, yeah, keep them coming. Yeah, keep them coming. Like we said, we, we enjoy doing Q&As. We just feel like they flow really smoothly. And we like getting back to you guys with a bit more um, elaborative answers. So mm. uh, if you've got any more questions, make sure you do slide into the DMs on the Level Up page, preferably. Yeah. And again, if you did enjoy this episode, please do take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram story, tag myself. <laughs> this is why we don't record this episode because of bloopers, right? Tag my myself tag danielle and tag the level up podcast thank you